0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, I'm Dave. I am a sexaholic, and I say hello to all my friends. Wow, I'm seeing more people than. I see at a convention. It's wonderful and hi to all of you and uh, good wishes. Well, uh, we read what is or we know what is a sexaholic, and so I probably don't have to say my story. You know I'm a sexaholic. And uh, this is a program of action. It is not a program of thinking, not a program of reading, not a program of watching. It's action. And uh, I think the AA book, uh, chapter 3 says, or chapter um, 5, I don't even says a program of action. Chapter 6, I'm sorry says, A Program of Action. And so uh, many of you have seen this, but uh, I have found that one of the ways that I use action is just by doing things. And when I was growing up, I collected things. I collected memories. I collected habits. I collected uh, all sorts of things. And I'm going to use coins as an example. That When I grew up, I grew up in a family with secrets. And we had secrets, and you kept them secret. You didn't tell anybody about them. And then I uh, I grew up feeling less than, different, because my two brothers, six and seven years older than I, were, were the boys, and they were the boys always, and uh, then I had a stillborn sister about uh, four years later, and about four years later, I came along, and it was always the boys and David, Gee, what's what's David? Uh, And then I was uh, sexually molested. He was very gentle. He was very careful. He said, we can't tell anybody or we will get in trouble. And I believed him. Uh, But I knew it was a secret. Don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. And then... uh, I started discovering uh, my parts, and I, and in with the the, the uh, abuse, sexual abuse, I, I got interested in men's parts, but that's not proper because in the '40s you talked about you know queers and gays and, and them, and I didn't know maybe I was. And uh, I tried to tell my mother, but she didn't understand because she had secrets. She had problems. So I, I kept these secret and you know, I got married. Now I didn't tell my wife anything about my past life, but it was going to save me. I'd never do it again. Guess what? I did it again. And secrets, secrets, secrets. I, I kept those secrets, but I wanted—I didn't want them. I, I wanted—I wanted God to take them away from the very beginning. You know, God, take it away. But He never took it away. And you know, I. I I went through all the rituals and everything. You know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're immersed, then you'll be a new person. I was immersed and I got an erection during it. And I thought, well, that'll never work. And, and so I'm trying to give it away and give it, and I can't. And I, I, had, I went to church and, and, and had a key and, and I couldn't give it away. I went to a therapist to give it away and he said, I can't take it. You have to give it away. I'm trying to. No, you need help. And he gave me a book to read about sexual addiction. And I discovered there were other people like me. I'm not the only one. There are other people. And, and so he said, I went to the first meeting, November 23rd, 1990, and I said, Here, here are all my secrets, take them away. And they said, No, you have to give them away. I'm trying to, and nobody will take them. No, you have to do some action. You're holding on to them. Well, some of those things I need no you don't need anything you have to you have to turn your life over you have to turn it around turn your life over and then you have to give those away you have to open your life open your life and give them away but I can't But they showed me there was a way. And I let go of them. I let go of all of them. Well, there was one that kind of stuck in my hand, but I let go of that also. I have found that letting go, then my hands are empty. I'm ready for the special things. There's a story about a boy who who met a he 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 said he met a person that his pastor who was very knowledgeable about many many things and and this boy was kind of a troublemaker and 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 he said okay pastor you've got all the answers he says I've got I've got a bird in my hand behind my back I've got a bird in my hand. And, and I want to know, if you know so much, you know whether this bird is alive or dead. Now the boy was smart enough to know that if this pastor said alive, he'd just squeeze his hand and kill the bird. And he said, is the bird alive or dead? Or dead? And the pastor said, the answer is in your hands. Now, the answer is in my hands. I can let go, or I can hold on to things. I can have a secret. Secrets keep us sick. Or I can let go. Uh, in the step seven prayer, or step seven um, uh, promises, on page 75 of the book, big book, Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. That's an action, looking the world in the eye instead of down. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel a nearness of our creator. We may have certain spiritual beliefs, but we begin to have a spiritual experience, not a spiritual thought, a spiritual experience, that feeling of the drink problem has disappeared, Uh, let's see that drinking, that the drinking that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We're on a broad highway walking, Luke is on a narrow path walking, but we're on a broad highway walking. Action, action, taking action from the real connection, which is online, uh, from January 26. People, a program people taught me that the right thinking never produced right actions. But if I took the right actions, the right thinking and feelings will follow from the essay book in 164. In my sexual obsession, I believed I could uh, think my way out of the uh, the mess I'd made of my life. Someday, I thought, I would read the right book, hear the right words, find the medicine, and provide the magical cure. Illusions. In SA, I learned right action is possible regardless of what my thinking may be telling me. I do not have to figure this out, I take the actions. I see are working in others and I that have the same problem. The next right action is usually clear, while my thinking is often distorted. Calling another member, going to a meeting, getting out of the triggering situation, Performing an action of love are some actions I've learned to recovery. Turn off the phone, put on a, 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 a patch on your internet. As essay, an essay member told me that when the next right action is not clear, she prays to God, works the steps, or shares with other members until the right, next right action becomes clear. I now follow her advice and my life in recovery finds me more peace and purpose. God help me to know the right thing to do and grant me the courage to act on it. Action. Action. I use strings for action. I use coins. I, I suggest to people to carry a pocket full of coins and you know, when, when I was, uh, one day I was driving and I was in one of those, uh, well, you know, I should have said, and then he should have, would have said, and then I should have said, and then he said, and I said, and and, and it. I'm just going around and around. I stopped the car. I pulled the car over and stopped. And I rolled down the window, this was when we had rolled down windows. I rolled down the window. No, I opened the door. And I said, get out. Get out. And I closed the door. And I took off. And my mind was okay. But a little bit later, it came back. So I just rolled down the window and I said, get out. I do actions. If I've got a thought or something, I just I just have a coin and I don't care where I am. If I'm in McDonald's, I can just drop the coin on the floor. Nobody know if I do it quietly, nobody notices. And it's there, and I walk off and leave it, and I leave that there. If I'm thinking about somebody. I can get up and move to the other side of the table. Or if I'm, you know, in a restaurant, I can get to the other side of the table. If if I'm uh, uh, walking along and I see somebody, I can throw a coin. You know, I have coins in my house on the floor. And when somebody comes over, they look at me. Oh, you dropped this. And I said, Yeah, that's a thought I didn't want. Did they know that I was thinking about sex with an animal? No. They just saw a coin and they, a thought I didn't want. Gee, I have those. That's a good idea. And they just do it. When I got into the program, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I I said uh, that... When I got into the program, they were having thoughts when they go into, you know, and seeing the wrong things. So I would take off my glasses when I would go into a a public restroom. And I had made the decision I would not go in any public restrooms unless it was uh, a place that I was eating or getting um, gas. And I just take my glasses off, so I don't see. If you're looking at people when you're walking down the street, take your glasses off. And he says, "I don't wear glasses." I said, "Okay." And you know, this was a this was one of those God thoughts. They just pop into my mind when when I'm focused on. Okay, uh... Go to the store and buy one of those really cheap pair of reading glasses. Buy a cheap pair of reading glasses and, and put them on and they'll blur your vision so you can see where you're going but you're not going to see the people. There's a solution for every problem. If there's no solution, it's not a problem. Okay, but. Actions, actions, letting go. When I let go, gee, my hands are empty. Huh, how about that? You know, when, when my hands are like this, I can't get any new gifts. When my hands are like this, I get so many gifts So many gifts of of, of problems going away, of having the right answer. You know, the ninth step promises are wonderful, but they don't happen until the ninth step. Steps one, two, three, and the third step prayer, I love. It's wonderful. Relieve me of the bondage of self. You know, I'm tied up. I'm tied up. And, and I can do things, but but it's really hard. Relieve me of the bondage of self. But at the end of the third step, there's no amen. There's no. It is finished. It says, "Relieve me and." I'm free to accept things. I'm free to accept great big things that I can hug and little tiny things that I can feel. I'm ready in steps one, two, three, four, five, six. Step seven, at the end of that prayer, it says, amen. It is finished. Fini. However, there's still some house cleaning and other things to do, and if you want to finish there, you can stop, but you're going to miss lots of miracles. Keep going on 8 and 9 and 10, 11, 12, with the open hands, I was talking to somebody, and uh, they—they, or I guess it was at a convention, and that's the joy of conventions and things: hearing other people's experience. He said he called his sponsor, and he said, "I've got a resentment. I mean, I really—you know—my boss said this, and he shouldn't have said it, and it wasn't right, and it was from other people, and I've got a resentment. And I've got a right to have that resentment, and it feels good." And his sponsor said, yes, but it's also poisoning you, right? Resentments are anger, resent, 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 resent. And anger, resent means all those acids and stomach acids and ulcers are growing bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm taking poison, hoping the other person will die. Got that? I'm taking poison, hoping the other person will die. They don't even know I'm resenting them. They just know I'm in a bad mood. Anyway, he said he called his his sponsor, and his sponsor said, "You know, I understand that. I get those too. Look at your watch." You've got 10 more minutes to resent, and then give it away. What a wonderful thought. I can give things away. I don't have to keep it. Uh, um, what, what's the, um, uh, or Al-Anon says, you can start your day over. Anytime you want. Thank you. You can start your day over anytime you want. Huh. I can let go of that resentment that I'm carrying. Or maybe I'm just carrying a little tiny one, you know. Uh, and I, like the little thing in between your teeth, you know. I can floss and let go of it. I don't have to carry it around. I worry over it all the time, but I've got to get off my butt. I've got to close the book, and I've got to move. If I get a thought, I can, you know, I can get. If I'm on the computer and something pops up, I put the lid down. I stand up. I walk around my chair, and I put the lid back up. I'm in a new world. Of course, I'm old, so, of course, when, when I sleep every morning's a new world. But uh, when I finally let go on that third step, when I finally sit, okay, God, I see other people doing it. I know they're doing it. I know it works. Nothing works for me. Uh, this is the last stop. Okay. I let go. And when I let go of those things, my higher power said, Oh honey, thank you. He calls me honey. He says, Oh honey, thank you. He says, Do you remember that time when you had you had three things and, and you really, I mean, you only had three choices in this world, and, and you wanted this one? and I gave it to you. Remember that time? Yeah. He says, you know what? It didn't work very well, did it? No. He said, on that time when you gave me three choices, I had 672 choices for you, and you picked the bottom three. You see, when I let God pick my choices, higher power program, and praying to do the next right thing has worked so well. Jason in in Australia said, you know, sometimes I was told, if I can't figure the next right thing, just pray for the next wrong thing, at least wrong thing. What's the least wrong thing to do and do that? All choices are not perfect, wonderful things. But when I pray for the next right thing, when I let go, when I'm in gratitude, when I'm praying, and for me your prayer is, hey, thanks, yes. Those are prayers. When I do those things, I don't have to have a bucket list. I don't have to have a wish list. Do you know I have traveled to fifty countries? Over thirty of them, I've spread the SA message. <sighs> that would never been in this little head. I'm writing my memoirs of, of my travels things I'd forgotten, amazing things that I would never have done. But if I listen, if I listen, if I do the next right thing, all of a sudden I'm in Egypt enjoying wonderful conversations, wonderful time, and in jail, of course. But we got out, Uh, you know, or I'm in Colombia on top of us. You know, beautiful park, talking with essays, or in Australia. Wow. This program is amazing.
2: I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to have empty hands.
1: Well, not empty. They're full of so many things are falling out. Thank you so much for letting me share my joy.
3: Thank you. Hi, this is the Rachel Love relationship in Um, Wow, David, I'm so blown away. It was just one of the most amazing uh, stories, or even just 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 talks and shares that I've heard in a long time, uh, including my own. But uh, the, the few things that really stood out that I can really relate to were the open hands. I've 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 related to this visual for so long in my recovery. The closed fist represents to me the fear, the resentment, the anger, you know, isolation, all these things that are keeping me in a problem. But when you show the open hand, that's opening your hands and yourself to the grace of God and or your higher power. And to me, that's what happened with a step, step three, when I literally let go of everything. I said, you know what? You're in charge. I have been in charge my whole life and it got me to these rooms. <laughs> it's your turn and it was just such a powerful image for me and I love the coins and I've actually done some very similar when I was constantly triggered everywhere I went and I did something that actually I started collecting rocks. So anytime I was either had a had a fantasy or I had a, I was triggered or something that I saw, I would pick up that rock. And soon enough, I was carrying three pounds of rocks in my purse, and eventually had to start to let go of them. And it was also very powerful for me to just kind of turn over and just you know get rid of all these bad thoughts and even self bad bad self talk. Um, so it just i love visuals and i love analogies and you are just so powerful in your delivery thank you so much for you know just telling your story through the very you know little scope of it but mostly your recovery and how how to do this because i learned every day from people like you so with that i'll pass thank you so much
4: thank you dorita and Jared. can i share sure Jared.
2: yeah i love that i love in particular uh, the beautiful way you described the seeming impossibility of letting go. You started like that and said, I'm trying, I'm trying. And it's wonderful to hear that. I'm on step four now and I'm making an inventory and I'm feeling that exact resentment against an employer. And I have all sorts of fantasies about what should happen to them. And I know they're wrong and it won't help me. It's poisoning my spirit. So it was a fantastic reminder. And of course, strangely enough, action, look, ringing somebody, talking to them, and they they reaffirm. What's going on? It's my illness. And that is a release. So the action is releasing me. Whatever, it could be ringing somebody, but I will try the kind thing. And I love the thing about the glasses, putting on reading glasses. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Mohammed. Sexaholic.
5: I'm Mohammed. Um,
6: first of all, I'd like to thank Dave for every single word that he shared. I'm grateful. Um, I learned a lot from Dave, actually, to be honest. And I'm grateful now that. I thought I thought after 30 days of sobriety everything gonna be okay. <laughs> I was expecting a lot, uh, but in real, really I need to let go. Uh, until the moment uh, I don't know my I cannot pick my uh, my sobriety date exactly, but what I can say is I'm sober more than 30 days. But I, but the greatest part is one day at a time. I like the part of when I cannot do the next right thing, I can leave the wrong thing. So. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks. Uh, I'm grateful. Hope to see you and call you again. Thank you. Have a good day.
7: Thank you, Mohammed. Hi, I'm Jeff. Can I share? Go ahead, Jeff. Hi, uh, my name is Jeff. I'm a sexaholic. Um, Thanks, um, Francis, for taking the meeting. Um, David, thank you so much for your message. Um, I'm a newbie into into this fellowship. And um, I'm so grateful to hear your story. It's very rare that I hear men um very openly talk about us in this fellowship i'm new so so it's very it's, it's it's um not so many shares i've heard um where men openly talk about this sexuality and i and thank you for giving the courage to say out loud today that yes i am i have been molested and um i do enjoy i used to sorry not enjoy um all the men same sex as myself and i had a little shame around that um, because when I hear people share and it was always about women, men talking about women, but not hearing you so powerful. And you, you openly admitted that, giving me the courage. And thank you so much for that, um, David, because it is what you mentioned about um, um, letting go. And I need to let go of these fears and openly speak about it. So, so my higher power, as you said, I can receive the grace from my higher power. I really, really enjoyed that share. It has done so much for me, and um, I would love to get your number if, if possible, and i leave it there, thank you.
8: Thank you, Jeff. Um, hi, my name is Arash uh, Hi, Arish. Thank you very much, Dave, the string man. Um, I've met Dave um, probably in four or five different countries and conventions, and... Um, and every time, so pleased and grateful uh, to get strength, hope, and experience from you. Uh, very practical um, um, suggestions. Um, um, I also remember um, after one of these conventions, uh, I had some service and we had to clean the room after all these coins. I think it was about 100 people who had coins received from Dave and then let go. So it was big practice. And then the last day of the convention, we had to clean it. So Dave came in and said, no, don't touch them. Don't pick them up again. <laughs> let them pay there." So, so as soon as you let go, you don't pick them up again. And I think the staff at that hotel was very happy later so they could clean and own some money. Uh, but it was, a good, it was a very good experience for me, you know. But I have let go many times, but I pick it up again. So that's, I think, also another important thing. Uh, when I let go, I let go. Um, and probably, hopefully receive other gifts, uh, rather than to pick up those things I let go. Thank you very much, and so pleased to Thank see you, you again,
2: David. Thank you. Thanks, Arash. Hi, my name's D, and I'm a real sexaholic. Uh, I uh, have never met you, Dave, but I really appreciate your share, and I definitely relate to holding on to all that stuff, and uh, and I really believe in uh, the idea that action is the key uh, to recovery. I had a Recovering Catholic priest one time told me that he couldn't think his way into sober living. He had to live his way into sober thinking, which is his statement of action. And I liked that. Uh, The uh, letting go reminds me of the quote in The Family Afterward, which says, Cling to the fact that in God's hands, your dark past is the greatest possession you have. The key to life and happiness for others. And with it, you can help them avert disaster. And by openly sharing that, opened that, what I called an emotional abscess, and let it go. And it helped others, and it was powerful, and it was a bridge to God. So letting go is powerful. And I really appreciate your share. It was a great topic and a great presentation. Thank you very much.
4: Thank
6: you, Lee. Thomas, sexaholic.
5: Hey, Thomas.
6: Hey, Dave. Yeah, good to know. Good to know you. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, just wanted to express my gratitude for you. Uh, I was thinking of you lately, and uh, it's really nice to see you. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want uh, to share much. I just want to express gratitude and what I say for my sponsor for for you all just to be in this fellowship, and um, uh, good things happen, just uh, staying with the SA, staying with the recovery, the program, and um, people in recovery in SA. So uh, thank you, Dave, uh, again, you know, for uh, the help you did with the fellowship,
5: and uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. I'm Dana. Sexaholic? Uh, Dave, I really want to thank you for your share. Um, I've struggled a lot with uh, recall fan- and just playing fantasy. And just recently, in the last couple of weeks, in fact, I've sort of just now started talking about it at my meetings, that you know, when I'm being attacked, so to speak, in my car or whatever, I've actually had to start yelling out loud, stop, I don't want this, God take it away, and uh, I really, you know, took me a long, I've got seven months sober, but I've been around a couple of years, and this has really been a struggle for me, and uh, because I didn't think I was going to have to go to that length, but I do, I am, and I was wondering just how crazy I was in yelling Inside my car about this. And so I knew I had to start talking about it at my meetings, but I'm so glad to hear you confirm <laughs> it's appropriate, it's okay. Thanks so much for your share, Dave.
1: We have, this is Dave, uh, we have one member who had a bell hanging from his rearview mirror. And anytime he had an uh, a thought or somebody pulled in, he'd hit the bell. And one day he hit the bell so hard that the string broke and it flew. Anyway, it's it anything is appropriate.
4: Thanks, Dave.
2: Hi, Dave. I'm Nancy. Um, good to see you. Really good to see you. I um, I really like the idea of stopping and opening the door and saying "Get out." I've done that stop thing. In out loud with my voice, but to me that's even more um, specific in action. Roll on the window, get out of here! I don't need you. <laughs> that's cool. That's really cool. Thanks.
7: Thanks, Don
4: Hey, Francis this is a uh, Stan Alaska. Um, Hi, Stan. Thanks, uh, Dave, for your uh, your share. Um, uh, you're working the program for the last two years. Uh, one thing that uh, I recognized. Um, I also like to collect coins. And uh, I have this coin here. It's a U.S. quarter uh, for um, uh, commemorating the British surrender in 1777 at Saratoga. And uh, I remember when I started working this program, I saw this coin. I was like, surrender. I was like, this is awesome. And uh, I think I have five or six of these different coins. And um, cause my watchword has been surrender. Uh, for me, a lot of it's been fantasy and euphoric recall over my wife and my obsession over her. Um, and, uh, you know, the anger, fear, and resentment that I hold towards her, um, it's just, it's just stuff that, yes, I need to let go and recognizing, yes, I need to take that action and ask God to take it away and, and, and not clench onto things. As my sponsor keeps telling me, Stan, you know, you're, you're holding on to your wife. You're, you're, you're needing her. And, um, and I just got to remember that I need my higher power. I need to just let go. I'm very thankful for all your visuals that I can just, you know, give it up to him. Thankful for that. And also about the, uh. The stopping the car as well and um, thankful really for your story so appreciate you uh, sharing with us Thanks Stan
9: Hi Dave this is Luke um, Dave could you share with us how your daily 11th step practice looks like your prayer and meditation thank you
1: Yes thank you I'm Dave Sexaholic I'd like to, to suggest To the last speaker, this is crosstalk. Uh, Which is more important, the coin or the resentment? Maybe you'd like to just throw that away. Okay, what's my day look like? Uh, I get up and uh, do my morning absolution, and then I... um, Walk, well and I take my my thyroid pill, and then I uh, walk out and make the coffee. And uh, I usually look out the window and see the beauty out there. I've got some uh, got some morning glories that have not bloomed. I don't know. I'd love to have blue morning glories, but. Uh, they just haven't bloomed, but they're, they're there, and they're alive, and I water them. Uh, then I, uh, I read the uh, daily devotion from the um, AA site. I think it's, uh, uh, I don't know, every, from the very beginning, I had a, a devotional book, Uh, sitting in the toilet in the the bathroom so that, uh, you know, once a day I would read that devotion. I've always read a devotion every day, and I try to read the AA devotion first thing in the morning. And uh, then uh, I look around now, I don't take a time of silence. I don't have a TV. I don't have the only sound I have in my house is that clock you heard um, bong. But um, I, I like silence. I look around and I I enjoy. I thank God for, for some of these silly things I've collected, for the memories they bring back, not for the thing I collected. Um, I, I want nice surroundings. I just painted my wall. Uh, I had, had Mongolia pictures, and so I painted the wall to match Mongolia. Uh, and this is my dining wall. And uh, I go out and work in the yard. Uh, every time I sit down to eat, I say, thank you. I don't think I need to talk a lot. I think I need to contemplate and just enjoy uh, I thank my flowers i reach out I've got some big squash growing i thank the i reach out and touch the squash and say thank you. I reach out and touch a flower and say You're beautiful uh I go to um now I'm going to two or three Zoom meetings a day, I mean a week, uh, for SA. I'm also in AA, I'm in A-S-S-A-N-A-N. Um Most of my uh, time is spent on the phone talking to people or emailing people or WhatsApping because... Uh, I tell people I don't want to sponsor any more people. I've got 129 sponsees. Did you get that? 129 sponsees? Do you want to know how many call me? Regularly, five. Uh, I don't want any more sponsees, but I love being an uncle. I love being Uncle Dave, and have somebody just call and, hey, Uncle Dave, what's going on here or that? I'm planning a retreat now, or our regional retreat. Uh, I do some speaker things, and so I'm on. I'm talking essay a lot, and it's amazing how how twenty minute phone calls or ten minute phone calls or messages. Um, how they keep me focused on recovery. At night, I get on my knee and I say, thank you. And I say, thanks for the day. I'll get in bed and we'll talk more. And I get in bed and start to pray for people and fall asleep. Uh, right now, I'm not doing I'm reading a lot because it, when I want to answer somebody or when I somebody's got a problem, I want to look it up. But uh, I don't have a big ritual. But then I've got 29 years of recovery, and so I'm just living recovery. Thank you.
5: Thanks, Dave.
1: And we'll come come around about run about time now. So we're down to the last year, and uh, we've got somebody with a hand up. They have the phone number ending in six eight.
9: Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Uh, my name is Andy. I'm a sexaholic. Andy. I, th- I Thank you, Dave, for that wonderful share. What uh, really impressed me about your share was how you preserve the experience of agony and despair from. Before you recovered and it's, it's just right under the surface and it seems like that's what gives you the, the need to reach out to others, that's what gives you the need to, to get comfort by reaching out to others and by taking actions and by doing whatever you do to, to love others, to love God and to love the world. And that was very important for me to hear because I tend to forget my agony. I tend to forget my suffering from one day to the next. I don't remember what happened. I'm already on to the next feeling in the next day. And uh, I really admire your ability to preserve this experience uh, that brought you to recovery. Uh, that experience and to continue to um uh preserve it as a as a source of inspiration and and, and motivation to to keep working thank you so much
1: thank you thank you I I traveled down the road at uh, 85 miles an hour but I do know that the, the edge of the road in the ditch is right there at the side. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: yeah.
9: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.